talk to you about the coming persecution. And I've got uh, it in two major sections, a promise with a purpose, and then preparing for the persecution. You're probably thinking to yourself, why on earth is he talking about this today? I came to church to be encouraged and built up and experience the love of God, and he's going to talk to me about the coming persecution. I'm going to give all the credit and the glory to the Metropolitan because he has told all the clergy all around Australia, New Zealand and the Philippines that today we have to focus on St. Joseph of Damascus who was actually martyred on the 10th of July today in 1860 uh, in the midst of a huge persecution which resulted in the the death of many, many, many Christians in Damascus and in the areas around Damascus. So uh, the the Archdiocese has actually produced a children's book on St. Joseph of Damascus. It's a beautifully produced book, and you can get those from the bookshop. If we run out, you can get them. This one as well, so three. You've got three altogether at the moment. We've got three at the moment, um, but we can get more of them. So if anybody wanted to take a copy then uh, that'll be available afterwards. And um, it's an amazing story uh, about St. Joseph of Damascus. And we're going to hear about it. We had a Troparian about him. We're going to hear about him in the Synaxarian today. And um, I'm just, I've just told you a little bit as to why we're focusing on him today. And uh, so we'll go away knowing about this saint, which I'd, I had personally never heard of before until the Archbishop told us that we have to focus on him today. As I was looking at the Gospel and the Epistle and uh, trying to see how we could bring this all together with St. Joseph today, um, I I think the Holy Spirit led me to, to talk on this subject of persecution. A promise with a purpose, first of all. I can't remember actually when I, when I've last spoke about persecution, but we need to talk about it. And I want to read you a passage from John chapter 15, and uh, these, uh, this is, these are the words of Jesus. These are the words of God incarnate to his disciples and to us. So John chapter 15, starting at verse 18. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, by the, by the world here he means those who are against God. If you are, were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you they will not they might or they might you know, they will <laughs> W-I-L-L they will persecute you now you might say well it hasn't happened in 200 years in Australia well Jesus hasn't come back yet either but he will and when he says they will persecute you he means it they will That's a promise. Unfortunately, it's a promise. That's part A of the promise. If you listen to the media, 
you won't think that per- Christians are being persecuted at all. You don't hear anything about it. You only hear about the Rohingyas and the U- Uyghurs in China, the Rohingyas in, in Myanmar. But the reality is that 80% of the people who are being persecuted around the world are Christians. Every two hours, a Christian is martyred somewhere in the world. Every two hours. Why don't we hear about it on the media? Because the media hates God as well. They don't want people to know about this sort of thing. They want to keep us happy Vegemites in Australia. So who's behind all this persecution? Well, ultimately it's the devil, of course. But in uh, Southeast Asia, it's the communists. In, Ma- in Russia, it was the Marxists. Our universities are full of Marxists now. Uh, in India, it's the Hindus. In the Middle East, it's the Muslims. And in Africa, it's the Muslims. In Myanmar and Burma, it's the Buddhists. In the West, it's the secular state. This can't happen in Australia, can it? In Melbourne, clergy have already been jailed. Trust me, it can. And uh, if you read St. Peter's words, he says in 1 Peter 4, do not, in one translation, do not be surprised. Rejoice. So that's why I'm talking to you this morning, so that we're not surprised and we can rejoice somehow. You know, every, nearly every book in the New Testament talks about persecution. Did you know that? Nearly every book in the New Testament, from Matthew to Revelation. And do you know what we do every Sunday morning in the liturgy? We sing about the persecution. Did you know that? Did you notice that this morning? We sang about it already. Um, in the third Traparion. Sorry, third Antiphon. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God, of heaven. So we Orthodox, we sing about the persecution every Sunday. Why do we do that? Because of Jesus' promise. Do not be surprised. Rejoice. Baptism, for those of you who are heading for baptism, baptism is an invitation to martyrdom and a promise of suffering at the hands of the world. Do not be surprised. Rejoice. There is a second part to this promise, though. We will be persecuted. That's the first part. The second part to the promise is found in John 15, uh, verses 26 and 27. But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. So the, first, the second part of the promise is that he's going to send us a helper, the comforter, the Holy Spirit. And the Greek word here is paraklesis. Parakletos, sorry. It comes from, thank you, I'm not very good at my Greek. I did say it. <laughs> um, uh, and it's very embarrassing having Greeks around because they, they, they know I haven't really got it. But uh, it comes from a word called parakaleo, which means to um, comfort or to exhort. And there was a person, there was a a position in the military, in the old military, 
of a person called Paracletos, and he had to go along with the soldiers, encouraging him to keep going in the battle. When they're getting tired, they want to give up, they want to turn around, go back. Keep going, keep going. That was his role, to keep them going. And this is the role of the Holy Spirit that Jesus has sent to us, to encourage us, to keep us going. And he will come. This is the second part of the promise. The first part is, uh, you will be persecuted. The second part is, the Holy Spirit will be with you. And then I said, it's a, per- it's a promise with a purpose. What's the purpose? There's always a purpose. And um, it comes in verse 27 and, of chapter 15. And you will also, you also will bear witness. You also will bear witness. So we will witness for our faith and we will witness for Christ in the persecution. And not just locally. In the persecution of 1860 in Damascus, some escaped. And they went to the port in Beirut. And they were able to go on ships. Some came to Australia. We actually have four descendants in this parish. I think it's from this, this um, persecution. And some went to the United States. <clears throat> One young couple, Michael and Marina, I think it was. Yeah, Mariam, sorry. Michael and Mariam got on a boat and went to America. Mariam was pregnant. Her surname was, uh, I think, I, I hope I get this right, Hawawini. Does that sound right? Hawawini? Something like that. Their son, who um, Mariam was pregnant with, became the first Orthodox saint of America. Saint Raphael of Brooklyn. So, what was the purpose of that persecution? Well, it sent orthodoxy into the Western world. The Orthodox Church now is in Europe, America, um, Australia. Why? Why would anybody leave the comforts of an Orthodox country in the Middle East or Russia or wherever before they were persecuted? Why would you want to? Why would you want to leave an Orthodox country? You wouldn't. So God allowed these persecutions to drive people into these lands where we haven't, uh, up until recently, had the Orthodox Church. So there is a purpose behind it all. If we read in Acts 1, we find that the people were driven to Judea and Samaria from Jerusalem. And then Acts 11:19 says they were driven into Phoenicia, which is Lebanon, Cyprus, and Antioch. So this is how the church began to spread in the early stages, because of persecution. In recent history, it's come to the United States, Australia, Europe. History is repeating itself in, those, in these countries. But could, would persecution come to the countries where the Orthodox have now been driven to? What's the point of that? I'm not sure, but I'm sure there's a, there's a, there's a uh, purpose here. The late Cardinal Francis George, who was the 8th Archbishop of um, Chicago, he died in 19, uh, sorry, 2015, 2015, he said this, I will die in my bed. My successor will die in prison. His successor will die a martyr in public. His successor 
will then slowly start to rebuild the civilization that has been destroyed, as the church has done time and time again. See, the church has been through this before, and it's going to go through it again and again and again. It's what we have to face up to. But when we hear about it, as St. Peter said, don't be surprised, rejoice. So there's the promise. We will be persecuted. There's the purpose. And it will, we will be witnesses. And what's the preparation? How do we prepare for the coming persecution? Well, the Holy Spirit will comfort us and encourage us, whatever happens. How do we prepare for what's coming? Some will be led to flee. Some will go. This has happened in every persecution. Uh, some will flee. Some will be called to stay. Some will go to prison. Some will be led to martyrdom. Only God knows what's in store. Do you remember this week, if you read my weekly email this week, I mentioned about Hezekiah in the Old Testament about two and a half thousand years ago when Jerusalem was surrounded by uh, the most powerful army in the world at that stage, the Assyrian army and King Nebuchadnezzar. And they were all going, they were very frightened at what's going to happen, how are we going to do this? He had them all with their weapons prepared and everything. But he did something else, didn't he? He pointed them. He said, don't keep looking at the enemy. Look up. Don't look horizontally. Look up. Because God is with us. And that was the case. It was a great um, routing of the Assyrian army from uh, Jerusalem. And it wasn't really done by the people inside the city. It was a miracle of God. So he said, be strong and courageous. With us is the Lord our God. When I looked at the gospel in the epistle, I was trying to think, how, how can I, what, what can I get out of this which fits in with what the bishop wanted us to talk about today, which is um, St. Um, Joseph. And what's the message for us here? And as I looked at the, um, as I looked at the, the two things, I found one theme which was, was in both of them which took me to another theme. The soldiers in both the epistle and the gospel. Soldiers. And the first one says, um, share, this is St. Paul to Timothy, share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. That's an interesting thing to say. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. And then in the Gospel we have the story of Jesus entering Capernaum and a centurion comes with his uh, request to heal his servant. And Jesus heals him by a command because he's so impressed with this soldier. Soldiers are throughout the New Testament and it's very interesting that uh, the first Gentile Christian was actually a soldier, was a centurion, uh, Cornelius, Acts chapter 10. So it's interesting the soldiers are there. And anyway, it took my mind <laughs> to soldiers and soldiers in the First World War, soldiers at the Battle of Mons, soldiers who were very frightened because at that stage in the battle, the, in the First World War, the German army was unstoppable. Everybody who stood in their way had been just smashed and got through. 
And here they were, waiting for the German army to come to them. And, and they, they stopped them. That was where the Germans were first stopped in the First World War, at the Battle of Mons. How did they do it? <clears throat> They're all very frightened. They only had rifles. The Germans had machine guns at that stage. How did they do it? The Germans actually thought that the British had machine guns. Why was that? Because they were so well drilled, they could almost uh, shoot in their sleep. They could change their magazines in their sleep. They could do everything in their sleep almost because they've just been drilled and drilled and drilled. So even though they were frightened, they, could, they were still able to fight. And I thought to myself, this is it, isn't it? We have to be drilled. We have to really pay attention to our drills. Cafes, you knew I was going to say that, didn't you? Confession, almsgiving, fasting, Eucharist. Eucharist every Sunday, not once in the blue moon. Every Sunday we should be at the Eucharist, receiving the body and blood of Christ, hearing the gospel. Scriptures, and that's the S. I thought uh, this Sunday we should add not just scriptures, but also saints. Especially we're thinking about St. Joseph today. But every Sunday we listen to the saints. We listen uh, just before the uh, Eucharist to a saint. Many of them martyrs, examples to us. All undergirded by prayer. Those are our drills. <coughs> those are our drills. We must keep those drills going. We must. I'm like a sergeant major here. We've got to do the drills. Okay. <laughs> Not just Sundays, but every day. Our own devotions. But there's more. As I said, Hezekiah said, don't look horizontally, look vertically. At the Battle of Mons, it wasn't just the drills that saved the day. Did you know that? In England, King George V had called the whole nation to a day of prayer. When did you last hear a nation being called to a day of prayer? The whole nation to a day of prayer. So that was a factor. They were all looking up. About 30 odd years ago, I had the privilege of taking a funeral of an old lady who is 96 years old. And um, I'd been taking her communion at uh, one of the local um, old people's homes. She'd been a faithful Anglican all her life. And then she died. And uh, the family asked me if I would take the funeral. So we went, we did the funeral. We went to, the, to bury her. And we got to the grave. And um, we buried her. And I noticed the headstone, very interesting headstone. It had on it the symbol of the British Expeditionary Force. And I said to the daughter who was with me, they only had one daughter, I said to her, that's the British Expeditionary Force, isn't it? She said, yes. My father was at the Battle of Mons. And he saw the angels. He saw the angels. 
and he never stopped talking about it all his life. <clears throat> this is not just stuff you read in the Bible. If you read the book of Maccabees, you'll read about angels appearing in the book of Maccabees and helping the Jews when they were in distress. But this man saw the angels. Now, if you go onto the internet today, you'll, and, and you look, you put in angels of ones, you'll say, oh, they weren't really angels. It must have been something else. You know, they were deluded. They were under such stress. They're trying to whitewash it. But you know what? That man saw the angels. He told his daughter. His daughter told me. I'm telling you. There were angels at Mons. This is the same thing about our faith, isn't it? Did Jesus rise from the dead? Oh, you know, you go onto the internet. Oh, you know, it didn't really happen. It must have, you know, they must have been deluded. It happened. The disciples saw him risen from the dead. They told people who told people who told people who told people who've told us. And I'm telling you again this morning, Christ is risen. Yes. And the angels at Mons saved the day. So when England was at prayer, God sent the angels to help. And that was where the German forces were stopped for the first time. Now, when it comes to us, what I want to get across here is all the difficulties we're having in the world at the moment and we're, we're heading into some big problems, it looks like. Really serious problems. Probably the most serious problems we've had for, for decades. Keep looking up. Don't look horizontally. Look vertically, vertically to God at every occasion. Uh, this is the only way we're going to survive. Uh, and when things are tough and people see us looking up and see God helping us, they will wonder why and we will be a witness to them. And they, hopefully, God willing, will come to faith. All right, so what have we done this morning? We've looked at the promise, there will be persecution. Uh, the second part of the promise, the Holy Spirit will be with us. How do we prepare ourselves for this persecution? We keep looking up, we do the drills, and we, uh, and we keep going. There are some other things we can do. Uh, there's a book we can read called Live Not By Lies. I'm wondering whether we should do this as a book club, actually. Uh, this is by a man called Rod Dreyer, who is a convert to orthodoxy, and he um, has done a lot of research as to how the church survived in Russia and East Europe, Eastern Europe. And he's got some good advice in here. I think it would be good to, for us to read this as a church, actually, um, so that we can help prepare for the persecution. There's another book called The Benedict Option, which he also wrote. Something else I'm going to send out to you this week, in this week's uh, email, is a podcast by Jordan Peterson. It's an interview of Jordan Peterson interviewing Rod Dreyer. Have you heard it already? Some of you have it. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and so I'd like everybody to listen to that because it refers to the book but it also refers to the coming persecution in the West. So, are we all encouraged? Good. <laughs> Good, all right. Um, so may God help us, may God strengthen us, may God be with us, may we keep doing our drills, may we keep 
looking up because that is the only way we're going to get through it all together. Now to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit be ascribed all might, majesty, dominion and power now and forever and the ages of ages. Through the